all things automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. Petrol head, Nico Smith, you're on the line, you're on the couch with a cup of coffee. Good morning, how are you doing? I'm doing all the better for speaking to you. How are you, mister? <laughs> I'm very good. I can always hear you clearly wherever I am. Oh, well, I'm you relieved to hear that. Wherever I am in the world, I'm always, I can always hear you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nico, rumour has it you're going to be talking about the new generation Ford. Exactly, the new Ford Ranger. So, um, yeah. it's highly anticipated. The, the, the current one we have has been around for uh, almost 10 years. So, uh, that's normally norm- longer than a car's life cycle. They last between seven, maybe six, seven, eight years. Yeah. Um, so uh, it will be launched next year. A lot of people um, are driving these Rangers. They're very popular in South Africa. I have family that all drive. A few of my family members drive these Rangers. They love them to bits. Yeah. Um, so there's now really some pictures and information about the cars. Um, they'll be built locally in Roslyn. Okay. And, and then the, and the cars will be launched next year. I think they're saying middle of the second quarter. So I guess around about May, June somewhere. So, if they are going to be built locally, is this the first time they've been built locally, or is this just we no, have no, had? No, no, they've that actually been. Yeah, the, the previous generation was also built, and the one before was actually built in Roslyn. Yeah. So, of course, there's a big benefit in having the cars being built here in South Africa. They're, they're also going to be built, I think, in Thailand. So, there is also other factories, but a, a lot of export is coming from 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 Roslyn. So, you know, a lot of research uh, of this car is actually, by the way, done in Australia. Um, but there's lo- a lot of local engineers that have also worked on the project um, to, to fine-tune the car uh, and to get it where it was. Yeah. So let's start with the looks. What do you think of the looks outside? Well, it's very big and, bul- I mean, it looks like a bucky. It does, doesn't it? It looks big and aggressive. That's what a bucky should be. It sort of reminds me a little bit of, of the F-150, which we had at one stage in South Africa. Yeah. In America, it's quite a big, you know, it's big and it's, you know, very popular. So, very aggressive front end um, um, with these um, sort of C-looking, you know, the, the data running lights. They make yeah. like a, almost like a bracket, on, like a C on either side, and then a black line running through with a nice big um, uh, Ford badge and a big aggressive grill. Yeah. Um, the car's also grown in all dimensions, so it's wider, it's longer. The front axle have been, has been moved forward. Um, but definitely, I think it's um, good-looking, you know. I like that aggressive styling that it has. Yeah. Um, I think that's what a bucky should be, maybe. Aggressive styling out. Um, a, a big change, as Michelle has been made in, in the practicality of, of the Ranger. Yeah. So, you know, um, normally the, the big thing is you need to, to, to have a, a big load area, but also something that's practical. So, for instance, the tailgate, when you open it up, has a ruler inside there. Okay, at you have to explain that for those of us who know nothing about the cars. What do you mean by that? Okay, so you know what? If you want to cut the plank, and yeah. you want to cut, uh, cut it with a saw, and you want to cut it at, let's say, 800 millimeters. Yeah. There's a, ru- there's a ruler, like it's just a plastic, the surface is marked with, 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 with millimeters on there, or, yes. so that you can actually measure it, and then you, know, you can actually use it, the, the, the back tailgate as a clamp, yeah. um, so that you can measure and draw lines on it, uh, and even cut, of course, you're going to cut on the side. Um, the load area at the back is also it can be divided into different sections. Yeah. You know, if you have something s- small inside there, you can actually divide it in a section so that doesn't slide around. Um, there's rails where you can clamp, um, you know, if you have um, luggage or a pallet, you know, those, those, those wooden pallets, they fit in there nice and easy. But if you want to clamp something down, there's lots of clamps uh, all over the load area. So a large part, a large 
part of the research has gone into the practicality of the vehicle because a lot of people actually use this as a workhorse. So they might be building somewhere, they want to cut things on it, they want to um, move and transport things on, on the, 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 the Ranger. And that's, a, a, I think, a big part of the practicality that's changed of the Ranger is how you can use the load bin and the load area. So, so, so I'm like looking at the stuff online and I see that there's, there's a whole bunch of different models. There's the XL, the XLT and the Wild Track. What's the difference? So um, the XL would be the entry-level one, and that's the most popular ones in South Africa. Yeah. The XLT then simply has higher specification. Now, Ford hasn't yet re- released what exactly the specification would be. Yeah. And then the Wild Track is the one to have if you have the money. You know, that's the top of the range that has the good looks and the big wheels. And in, uh, currently, um, if you get a Wild Track, it has all the nice specification, like a radar cruise control and lane-keeping assist. Yeah. Uh, and that So that tends to be more the luxury end of the vehicle, because um, a lot of people use it as a workhorse, but a lot of people in South Africa also um, use it as a lifestyle vehicle. Yeah. Uh, I have friends, I have friends in, in Stellenbosch, and it's their lifestyle vehicle, so they, they're big into surfing, so when they go surfing, the, 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 the surfboards go in the back. If they go away, they load the mountain bikes on the back. Yeah. Um, so it, it, that, I think, is the, the, the variation of the vehicle is interesting because it can be a workhorse, but it can also be a luxury vehicle, and I think that's sort of the, the balance of it. If you look yeah. at the inside as well, big changes have been made. I don't know if you can see that the center console now has a huge screen that's um, uh, horizontal. Yes. So um, effectively, um, that'll be on the high-spec cars. Uh, but, you know, more and more cars are going with digital displays and digital screens with your satellite navigation and mirroring your phone. So as an option, um, you can have a big, a big screen in the center console. You can also have a digital display in front of the driver. Yeah. So high specification on the inside, and uh, as I said, a lot of changes. The gear lever is now a small little lever, um, as opposed to you know the older cars. Normally, well, most cars now they still has have a big lever. This is just almost like a a, a, a smaller lever that you can toggle forwards or backwards to select the right gear. So definitely, it's good looking. Nice, interesting um, options I've seen is there's a lighting package where you can have lights on the outside on all four corners of the car. So let's say you're working at the back. You can then light up the back of the car, or you can light up the side of the car or the front of the car. That can be done in the car or even with your phone app. So some very cool features, and, you know, I think that's quite interesting. That, that A lot of thought has gone into how can you enhance this car um, for people that use it for work or lifestyle. Mm. And then engine-wise, um, some familiar engines um, that have been around, so there's a single-liter, a single-turbo 2-liter or a, a twin-turbo uh, 2-liter. is a 2.3 EcoBoost. Um, there's also a new 3-litre V6 um, that's going to come. So a few engines, again, Ford hasn't uh, given us lots of spec. They've just given, given us basic specification of what the cars would be and sort of warmed everybody's appetite to what's coming early next yeah. year. So um, one of our listeners has just said the new Ranger, Gaff Dungo, says the new Ranger is going to give the Toyota Hilux a run for its money which dom- it currently dominates the South African market. He's talking about the Hilux. A design and style is becoming more important to buyers than just functionality. Beware, Hilux, is the message I would send to Toyota. <laughs> so I would agree. I would agree with him. I mean, it's always but a big boxing match between Ranger and and Hilux uh, as to who dominates the South African market. Of course, the the, the Hilux is also built here, uh, and it also has a cult following, and it's very popular. Um, okay. And always, when you bring in a new model, that's going to make it tough for the Hilux. So when a new Ranger comes, 
a lot of people that are sort of indecisive are going to say, you know what, there's a brand new Ranger. The Hilux has been around for a while. And some of them will definitely then lean towards the Ranger. So, yes, it's going to be very interesting when the car arrives next year. I'm looking forward to, to actually seeing it in the flesh and driving it. Um, uh, you know, that's uh, one thing as well. Uh, a big part of this is the comfort of the drive of these cars. Yeah. Um, not only how, how, how good do they look, um, how practical are they, but also how, how comfortable is the drive. Some people like a, a firmer drive, especially if it's a family vehicle and you have your family going in there, you are leaning more towards the comfortable side of the drive. So, yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to driving. Okay, we're going to go to a break, and when we come back, we've got a couple of questions for you, but also let's... Uh, uh, let's just close off on this uh, massive Ford Ranger that's coming in next year. All things automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. We are talking to the petrol head and we're talking about the new generation Ford that will be coming out in 2022. And we've got Nico on the line. Nico, we've got a message for you. I think it's kind of a funny one given that we're talking about Bucky's and the role of Bucky's. Yes. I'm Michelle and Nico. Gosh, I've got a giggle, eh? Buckies were made for farmers to load sheep in the back. There's no way in any of these beautiful, gorgeous buckies that you're talking about now, which one of my friends calls Santon shopping trolleys, a sheep could jump onto the back of them. <laughs> Jenny from Middleburg. Bye. <laughs> I, I think the sheep can jump into the back of them, but not many sheep. Uh, only one sheep. Only one <laughs> sheep. Do you think it would only have? No, one, would it no, only no, be able no, to take one sheep? No, it'll take a few. But uh, of course, um, you know these aren't um, necessarily vehicles that people are going to use on the farm because oh. they're double cabs. They, they, yeah. I mean, you would use it on the farm, but it's not going to be your workhorse on the farm necessarily. And, and that's, you know, you'll probably take a single cab version and that'll be the workhorse. When it's a double cab, it has that benefit of um, um, being able to, you know, you can load things on the back, um, you can go away, you can go camping with it, um, you can put your, 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 like I said, your mountain bikes at the back, but you can also, uh, you know, the family can all go along as well. So I think that's why these cars are popular, because of that mixed use. And South Africa is a great place for mixed use. If you want to go to Namibia, it's a great vehicle to do that with. So definitely... Um, for most people, it's not necessarily their workhorse. It's, it's, um, it's effectively their car that they use, but they have the benefit of if they want to go off-roading, they can go off-roading with it. So I think that's the, the balance of the use. Um, but if you look at how popular they are, it's, it's actually, you know, they, um, they're extremely popular in South Africa, um, the double caps. But so I think the, com- the, com- of- the competition mm. is on. We've got Gaff Dungo saying that the new Ranger is going to give the Toyota Hilux a run for its money because it's got design and style, which is just as important. Carol mm-hmm. is suggesting that it's just a Santon shopping trolley, the new Ranger. <laughs> and that's the question we put out there as we start to say, hey, are you a Hilux person or are you a Ford Ranger person? And what would you use your Bucky for? We'd love to know from you. You're welcome that's to SMS us. On 41391, what do you use your Bucky for? 41391. Or you can WhatsApp us on 0614104107. Are we going for the Ford Ranger or the Toyota Hilux? And why? What are you using it for? So, Nico, my question around these huge Fords is mm-hmm. um, they're freaking massive. I mean, their petrol consumption must be phenomenal. No, not really, because most of them are diesels. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, so you know, what, you know. <laughs> most of them are very light on petrol because they're diesels. Um, you know what? And that's well, um, surprisingly, of course, they're big and they're not aerodynamically efficient. Um, but uh, you know, if you're buying the, the, the diesel models, they, and especially when you're buying a small engine like a two-liter, they're actually quite efficient for for the body style. So yes, they're not really built to be uh, you know with a big body like that. It's not going to be economical. But your folk. But I do think number one is they've got um, a lot of the new ones have got an eight-speed automatic, or uh, ten-speed rather, ten-speed automatic gearbox. So the engine's revving quite low. The engine's quite torquey. Um, so the fuel consumption is actually good, but I think um, uh, the, the major reason why you're buying this is functionality. If you want something that's really light on, on diesel, for instance, you'd rather buy a sedan because sedans are very slippery. So I think it, it, it's the function that you use the car for um, that will probably dictate whether the fuel consumption is the most important or the practicality is the most important. Or if you're buying a wild tractor, luxury is the important. And of course, for some people, the image. You know, So it does depend on your specific reason for buying the car. And for every person, it's different. Okay, so someone else says Ford Ranger a thousand times over. Oh, that's from Rob and Eleanor. Rob and Eleanor are saying Ford Ranger a thousand times over. So the competition is on, guys. Is it the Hilux Bucky or the new Ford Ranger that's going to be coming up? We want to know for sure. So, okay, I've got a couple of other questions for you, but before I get to them, let's uh, let's look at what are the costs going to be for this freaking We don't know. We don't know because... We don't know yet. So all they've said is, here's the car, here's the pictures, here's some info, some basic things, and it's coming next year. So they've wet our appetite, but there's no information on the power outputs or consumption of the engines. There's no information about prices yet. But you, if you, you should look at, you can probably look at the current car's prices and, and, and say it would be roughly, I guess, in that area. I can't see that they're going to suddenly be much more expensive. So probably very much in line or close to what the current prices are, maybe a little bit more. But which, I don't know. I'm guessing yet. I'm, I'm which, an which one guess. would you get? Oh, if I could, of course, the the the, the, the wild track. You know, if, if money is no object, I'll definitely take a wild track. My one cousin's got a wild track, and they love you. I just thought about it now. I've got two cousins that have um, um, rangers. My brother-in-law has a ranger, and one of my friends in Cape Town has a ranger. So it seems like my family are all leaning towards rangers. Ooh. Okay. All right. Is it going to be rangers or Toyota Bucky's? Um, Gaff says. I think the battle between the range and the Hilux will depend on who will first introduce an electric version. That's an interesting question. I mean, well, Ford has got an electric F-150, which I think is amazing. If you, um, in America, um, it's an electric F-150, but you can charge your house. You know, in other words, it, it, the power can go the other way around. So if it's load shedding, you can plug that into the wall and then charge the lights or, um, or, or have the lights burning. So... Just if you want to search for um, electric F-150, that thing is amazing. Um, so, yeah, that's an interesting one. Not coming to South Africa. I mean, the whole F-150 range is not here. But the electric F-150, I think, is really cool. Okay, so um, Graham and Kabacher says, Good morning, Michelle and the gang. I'm going on again about the small bucky, especially now with fuel costs, tighter global economy and a greener path. My old caddy bucky is 21 years old. And still rocks, but has no airbags, abs, ABS, or slide control, or fuel economy, etc. Can the Amarok big muscle thinking build a new generation of polo bucky as they did in Brazil? I wish VW would step up to this as the quality outperforms Nissan, Ford, etc., etc., etc. So, um, uh, George Casamula from Allendale in Midlands says, Good morning, Mitchell and your guest. I just want to comment about the Ford Ranger and its rival Toyota Hilux. Ford must redesign their gearboxes. Ha, there's an interesting thing. 
Obviously, George, in, George Kazamula in Allendale is not happy with that gearbox. What do you think? Well, which one? I don't know, because there no, are the, different gearboxes. Oh. So, so that, you know, throughout the life cycle, I think it had a six-speed auto, and the latest ones have a ten-speed auto. Yeah. So I'm not sure um, um, which one is the six or the ten-speed. So, you know, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. Staying with gearboxes, SFM Petrolhead, uh, this is from JK, wanting to know, is the Tesla battery car safe without a gearbox? Is it safe without a gearbox? Yeah. Yeah, they're just two, sort of two separate things. Um, electric cars don't have gearboxes, most of them, mm. um, uh, simply because you, to go faster, you just spin the motor faster, uh, uh, the electric motor. In a car, you need to get the revs up, but the, you know, the engine has got a, not a very wide rev range, so that's why you have mm. a gearbox. But an electric car, you just spin the motor faster. But that's sort of not anything to do with safety if you're looking at crash safety, because electric cars have done quite well in the urine cap tests. When you look at yeah. crash safety, there's a lot of weight, and the weight's low down, but it actually uh, supports the structure. So um, safety-wise, they've done quite well. A lot of people are talking about Tesla, but I'm not sure Tesla's going to come to South Africa, Michelle, um, simply because um, if Elon Musk, that you know, he doesn't really want to mention us. You know, we all talk about him. I don't really think he cares about South Africa. Um, and Tesla, um, and, uh, you know, it could have been easy to come to South Africa. So uh, maybe that changes. I don't know. But currently, I haven't seen any interest in Tesla coming to South Africa necessarily. Well, but they do, you know, people, if, if you ask most South Africans what electric car they want, they'll all talk about a Tesla. And without having driven one or seen one, I think just the name of Tesla is very strong. Okay. Then uh, very quickly now, uh, Glenda wants to know, I have a 2008 automatic Kia Picanto, the brakes are jammed. Can it be the booster or the brake pads? Ooh, that doesn't sound good. Definitely don't drive the, the brakes are jammed. I'm not yeah. sure what that means. Does the car, is a... Uh, in other words, the brake sort of the pad holding the disc in the car doesn't want to drive. That's, That's you know it's, it's a difficult thing to try and and, and um, diagnose over the air, Michelle. Um, the best would be if you can't drive the car um, to get somebody else to come have a look. Um, but I, I you know I, I I don't know I don't know what it could be. Um, but it's a bit weird. I, I can't think that I've ever heard of the situation where that you've, you've that you've stepped on the brakes and now the, the pads have gone against the disc. Um, that yeah, I don't. I'm not sure what the, the reason is. You need to have somebody have a look at that. If you know, because of course it can be quite dangerous, um, especially if there's no brakes. The last thing you want is no brakes. So when you're pressing the brake pedal, what does that do? Is the brake pedal hard, or does it as you press harder, does it become softer, or does it just fall to the floor? You know, and, and those all would have an effect on what happens. But the last thing you want is to drive up your gate and at the stop street down the road. When you hit the brakes, the car doesn't stop. So be very careful if you're going to do that and drive quite slowly. Um, probably if you can rather have somebody that can come out and have a look if you can't drive the car okay thank you very much Nico it's a blast okay is that it that's it pal it's nine o'clock it's time for the news good morning